Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the Breaching Extinction podcast. Uh, you are here for our porpoisodes, our bi-weekly porpoisodes. And we are starting a new book. And we're here with Kendra Nelson and Leah Dusset. Liam, da- why did I just say Leah? Like you, like I haven't known you for like years at this point. Liam Dusset. Um, that's his alter ego. That's his drag name. Um, anyways, <laughs> um, how's how's everybody doing? I currently have the drag hair. Perfect. Amazing. Doing good. Doing good. Good. How are we also, doing, Kendra? Also doing good. I have a job, everyone. If you go follow at Rivershed BC on Instagram, I run that. I'm the social media coordinator for a nonprofit up here in British Columbia. So follow and support. Literally, she and you guys like can't see this because this is a podcast, but she has a new haircut also. And I do because of her big girl job that she just got, she's got a new computer. So her I do. audio and her visual are like coming in beautiful, like chef's kiss. Yeah. Uh-huh. I had to upgrade my little, my little laptop was just not cutting it for like a full-time social media job. Like it was struggling. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And it's very cute. What color is it? Because that's obviously important. It's the green iMac. Bless. Yeah. Green always. Green always. Got to keep it green. Yes. All right. Well, we are going to just dive right in. We are starting a new book called Listening to Whales by Alexandria Morton. And for those of you that are new, these poor episodes we do with the three of us and we cover books and we already did Endangered Orca and then Being Salmon, Being Human. And now we are doing Listening to Whales and we have to be quick. Why do we have to be quick, Kendra? We don't have to be super quick, but um, for those, if you've been listening to the past four episodes, you may know that I'm a Harry Styles fan because I was mentioning during the last book that there was a single supposed to drop. And now tonight, tonight, the night we were filming this, it is, it's May 19th, but at 9 p.m. Pacific Standard Time, Harry's house is coming out the whole album. And so I, I just, I just have to listen to it. Yes. It's so we got to be all you do too. So if you haven't listened to it yet, by the time you're listening to this one, what to go do that right after you listen to this podcast episode. Yes. Um, also I'm just going to, since we're, we have that in there, I'm just going to throw in, um, my ex sent me this, um, link and I didn't even know this was happening. It's really exciting. Um, apparently, um, Dolly Parton is going to star in the Taco Bell Mexican <gasps> pizza, the musical streaming May 26th on TikTok. We're plugged. <laughs> it's, it's a TikTok musical with Dolly Parton for the Taco Bell Mexican pizza. Yes. Each word is shocking. Yes. Um, the more I spoke, it just questions, but also I'm in love. Exactly. exactly. So like perfection. That's like the perfect balance of something to be intriguing and amazing. Yeah, absolutely. There's no way that that's going to be not good. No, um, it's perfect. Yeah. Doja Cat also made a like Mexican pizza wrap on She's TikTok. amazing. I know. I literally live for everything that she does. I introduced my Captain Jackson to um, Moo by Doja Cat. And he's it's... in love as well. And yeah. Mm-hmm. She's amazing. We've been like fans since like her EP. I'm not one like we're original fans. But me and Matt, like my husband, literally have loved Doja Cat since like early days. I love her. Yeah. Mwah. Chef's kiss. Mwah. Chef's All kiss. these and Dolly Parton too. Like, hello. 
literally just chef's kiss so i guess this means that i'll have to maybe eat this mexican pizza like that i had no interest in my mom likes it and she's not a taco bell fan interesting interesting so i mean if dolly parton and doja cat are behind it then it there it must be amazing it has to be good it has yeah. to be good. um and if it's not i'll pretend like it is because <laughs> i'll support them both you can't disappoint doja cat and dolly also, I've been trying to to figure out how I can get Dolly on a whale watch. Uh-huh. I don't know how I'm going to pull this off, but like that's okay. my dream. So if anyone knows Dolly Parton, please directly contact me. And I would like to take her whale watching. This is not but working. I, yeah, I had a passenger. We just started talking about Dolly Parton as you do, because that's relevant yeah. when you're looking at a humpback. And um, apparently she got to interview Dolly in like the 80s. Um, for a magazine and she said that she was like so amazing and she was like telling me a story and I'm like almost crying on the boat <laughs> like, <"Ugh." You're> like, <laughs> what? there's a humpback whale on it what what dolly yeah literally so um I'm still brainstorming how I'm gonna get dolly parton on the boat so but if anyone has any connections please reach we need to make like a viral video where we make a, a dolly parton song but make it about whales and okay. then she sees it and then she's like yeah I'm coming Okay, that's that's valid. I I already I did that with the Ronnie Venucci. Mm-hmm. Um, well, not Ronnie Venucci, the Killers. Yeah, the Killers. I did that with um Orca Demise. Yeah, so do you um, gotta do it again. So we just have to do yeah, it again. TikTok viral. We gotta okay. pick the the right one. Something with like you could do like something fun to like nine to five. Yeah. Make it emotional. Coat of many colors. Oh yeah 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 yeah. We could do you it. Got lots of routes. I have lots of routes and she just dropped a new album. So like there you go. Even more. Yeah. So I'm just going to have to figure it out. Oh my God. What if we did Jolene, but we made it Bayleen. (laughs) (laughs) That's it. Yes. Bless. We need the next podcast is actually just going to be us writing the song. (laughs) Forget the book. Forget this book. (laughs) We are writing the song. Amazing um that's the content that people are here for yeah all right well I guess we should like get on track or something um amazing so we are reading listening to whales by Alexandria Morton who just is a queen um like Dolly Parton like they're in a similar field I would say she's the Dolly Parton of whales she's the Dolly Parton of whales of of, like whale science (laughs) I would say so so. um like just uh, yeah so anyways um but this book is so far about her life um what do we think what are our thoughts so far this book like has been highly like anytime that i'm ever like who has a book recommendation people are always very quick to be like listening to whales what do you yeah i really like her books i like how she writes um I also like on the cover of this one, Corky's on it, and I love Corky, so biased. But no, it's really good. I just, I I think her writing is really engaging. Yes. Um, Especially now, like, kind of living in BC and her talking about the Northern residents and, like, the areas that she's lived mm-hmm. and um, researched and whatnot is, is more intriguing because I have, like, a visual to what it looks like. Yeah. So that, that that that's a fun addition because I read this in high school and then I read it again a couple months ago mm-hmm. when I'm reading it again today. Today, bless we love. Um, what did you think, Liam? I liked it. I uh, in the first chapter, uh, she uh, she definitely um, 
gave an intro a bit a little bit of an introduction to what uh, what often uh, her daily not so much activity is but well you know kind of what what she goes uh, what she goes through when she's about to um uh when she's about to listen to the whales and then she then immediately follows it up with um a very rough uh overlook on um on the country's relationship with the killer whales and so a little bit in that first chapter it is kind of squished in it's there's some very nice uh things that they um that she um talks about um in terms of the relationship um just in that first chapter because the first chapter is like six pages long it's not very much and then it's and then it's in chapter two where she actually starts getting into kind of her childhood and she makes it very clear right away that she uh that she was someone who felt you know clearly different and the idea of you know she didn't uh, she was felt forced to behave like a quote-unquote uh normal girl which you know is something that i think a lot of children a lot of uh kids are still having to go and uh, go through today unfortunately despite more uh more of the um tolerances that people have but i do like it but it's it's really interesting i think at the you know close to the very end where it likes this sort of this interest in in marine not not necessarily marine biology because at this point it was mostly just like the little ecosystems the, the small biosphere that existed sort of around the area where she grew up like she talked a little bit about the other some of the uh the frogs and some of the other wildlife like deer um that uh, that she came across and wanted to study and wanted you know she felt like she was more around with the animals and then at the very end um she then come uh, comes up to her mother and um basically says that you know the the education path that i'm going to or what society quote-unquote wants me uh, wants me to be is not who i want to be and i want to essentially do a u-turn and, and start my own path very early and her mother was very supportive of it which is really nice but then the suddenness of like hey what do i do now mm-hmm. i think it's kind of relatable in that sense because yeah it's well often when the first when we want to do something that's really life-changing the first thing the first thing that comes to mind is everything just stops and it's like okay what now yeah for sure I, i think those first two chapters uh even though uh everything there's a lot of things that were kind of squished into uh uh chapter one it still acts as a good intro and i think it's a good you know this is clearly it's a clearly a kind of a biography of her relationship with the natural world. And uh, I think the first two chapters um, do a good job of introducing us to who she was and who she was at the beginning of her life. Yeah, absolutely. And I do like really love hearing about like the backpack story of people. So I appreciate that that's in there of like, how did you get into this? And I love hearing about the frogs and the snakes and everything. Um, cause she talked about her relationship and her interest in those. And I feel like we have, um, like joked and talked about being the weird animal kid. Um, like, and so I think that's something that a lot of our listeners can relate to. And I'm sure that we can relate to, um, as well of just like being the outsider, but now we're the cool ones or so we think, um, but oh, anyway, yeah. literally, yeah. yeah. So, um, it's, yeah, I really liked how it was set up. I like, you know, 
uh, she had mentioned something about um, she thought that she was going to study whales like from a tank. And then she was like, but I couldn't get all the information I wanted. And I love that, she, that, you know, passion for science was put on her heart so young and she did her little mouse study in high school. Um, and she said that she's like a fly on the wall. There's a quote on page five that says, I came to observe the whales being whales, not whales responding to humans. Um, and I thought that that was a good quote. Um, and then she goes on to talk about how, um, like we want to love them to death. This quote is also on page five. And she said in the 1970s, there was no whale watching industry to speak of. Now it's a multi-million dollar business that threatens the water of the Johnson Strait with gridlock every summer. Um, and then she talks about like our indirect actions. Cause obviously we're not killing the whales anymore, but there's like poison in the water. We're killing off their food supply. Like, you know, um, and I think that's an important thing to bring up too, you know, like all the types of impacts we have, but you know, it's always a good thing to like, kind of think about too. It was like where we came from. Like there was literally a time where people were like out harpooning whales and like literally killing them. And, you know, sometimes it feels like we're not making progress, but when we think about it that way, we totally are. Yeah. Just the one, the, that 180 on that she talked about in chapter one of the Pacific Northwest, because this, this was something that was going on for lot for a super long period of time. She was talking about how, you know, they were seen as pests and people were actively shooting them when, when she started, children were encouraged to throw rocks at them because they thought, you know, for, you know, decades and decades and decades, possibly over a, a basically just about over a century at that, at that point, uh, you know, they were just seen as pests. And then all of a sudden, you know, in the 1970s, that's or rather toward the late seventies, that's where society just in the Pacific Northwest, just all of a sudden had that complete uh, U-turn just to love, exactly as she puts it, love these whales to death, which kind of speaks on how, um, on how uh, our behavior toward the unknown and how often, or at least in Western society, we you know we treat the unknown with with violence. But once uh, once we get more context about it, then all of a sudden we completely change our attitude and want to love it to death and exploit it to death. Kind of. Absolutely. You know, it's yeah, it's a good window to how um, how we our views about things evolve yes from yeah constantly wanting to uh, constantly wanted to stay the the idea of making it one want to stay away from us as much as possible and then all of a sudden wanting it as much as possible definitely yes kind of thoughts so yeah it's what that's one of my favorite things about this book is you see through her eyes that drastic change from people being scared of the whales to liking them and then to that exploitation and she raises a couple times just like anecdotal remarks about things like whale watching um the captivity industry things well the captivity industry is not as anecdotal because she researched um with those whales with like corky and and it's just interesting because yeah you really she really saw like the dynamic shift and then she also sees the the shift in the whales behavior from from before fish farms before whale watching before even just more boats were up in that area and more people were up in the area where she lives and I think that that's it's just really 
it's a nice pers- perspective because I feel like a lot of times when you talk about whales, it's from people who, or when it comes to books, it's from people who kind of captivity to wild or it's a captive outlook or it's an overarching killer whales of the world outlook with some like little stories about their personal experience with the whales when they went and visited them mm-hmm. um, in BC or Washington or if they saw them um, in the Pacific, like like ETPs in Mexico or all that kind of stuff versus one population that she followed in captivity with like Corky, who is a Northern resident to the wild population of the Northern residents. And I, that's really cool. It's just, I like it a lot. I like it a lot. It's pretty good. Yeah, Yeah. no, it's pretty cool. I also like too, where she was talking about how like she would spot the whales and then like end up being on a boat and like, you know, collecting data on them, which Mm -hmm. is pretty cool. Like that. She just like, was like, She'd be like, oh, I even saw them literally from the shower. And I would just yeah. <laughs> go after them. Um, but that's a pretty unique experience. Um, and, oh, yeah. I say another quote that I liked was on page 14, which is in chapter two, where she says, right. I didn't necessarily want to become part of the animal world. I just wanted to observe it and revel in its unconscious perfection. And that kind of goes with the quote on page five, where she said, I came to observe the whales being whales, not responding to whales, the one you read. And I really liked that. And I like that thought process like we talked about it before and probably many times but this thing with people and wanting to be in the water with an animal and certain people being even on boats um getting way too close and disrupting or just that kind of stuff and it's a nice thought to have because she acknowledges like I want to be close to these whales I want to research them I love like I really like them like I've watched some of these whales grow up and she has interesting perspective on personalities of certain whales in the population that she's studied and like been around for years and years and years and years, but still like understanding like we can have an impact. And I don't necessarily like, I see that urge to want to be closer and what and whatnot, but, and this is even before like cameras were a huge thing. Like obviously cameras are a thing, but like it wasn't, your little iPhone and you didn't have drones yeah. and you didn't have um, all that kind of stuff. And it was still like, she's starting to see the problem pop up yeah. and it's just interesting, especially today talking to my friend, she got a message about someone who went to the, to, to Baja in Cabo. Mm, that's not Cabo. Mm-hmm. I'm getting those. That, I don't know, but went to like Baja where people have been swimming with killer whales recently oh I didn't talked about okay talked about their experience with that and it they didn't like it because there were so many boats it was a chasing problem uh the person said that the from what they under they could tell the whales clearly weren't wanting to be around people yet all these boats were chasing them and putting people in the water and that's the thing with Norway like when you talk to Emma um and for those who haven't listened to the episode with Emma Luck, Northern Naturalist. Erica talks to her and they talk about um, killer whales in Alaska and the situation in Norway with diving and just how many people just don't have this thought process that she does and expresses like on page 14 and other times in the book with the, didn't want to become part of the animal world. I wanted to observe it and revel in its unconscious perfection. And I just think that that's beautiful because it's simple and it's just, that's why we love animals. That's why we fell in love with them. The, the beginning was just yeah. looking at them and letting them be them. And then we start to insert ourselves. And that's where 
we start to get into that exploitation area, like um, Liam said, it's a realm of exploitation. It's not the same as like overfishing, but yeah, you know, no, I, I completely agree with you on that. And I, I definitely think the same thing. And that's a good way to put it too, is like, we fell in love by, with animals by like learning about them and just like watching them. And so like, you know, it's, I feel like it's important to remember that and go back to your roots because I think, you know, we've seen it in a lot of cases, but it's easy to start out with your heart in the right place and then go to a place where it's like, you do it for money, you do it for clout. Like, and that's just like a common thing across like the research field, the whale watching industry, like, et cetera. And like, it's diving, like diving, birding, it's birding. any, anything has it even like, like nature photographers going into like precious grassland areas and stomping over things to get a photo of one flower like that oh, kind of yeah. stuff yeah I had um, um, yeah. a friend of mine said that he like saw this very like well-known like wolf photographer or she was some kind of photographer or whatever but like she basically was like very adamant online about like don't get too close to the animals and like he saw this person like crossing over this fence that you're not supposed to cross over with and like had like a you know a telephoto lens and he took like a picture of her and like went and like looked it up, up who that was later because he's like oh I think I recognize this person and then it was actually this woman and she was like crossing over into these boundaries that you're quote unquote not supposed to cross into um I think that's just like it's something that we have to remember and it's it's a hard thing to do especially when we live in a world and in a culture where exploitation is like that's just how we live like we live in a capitalistic society and like unfortunately like we do have to exploit to some level because the reality of it is that like most people are not rich and they can't just like survive. Like you need to pay your bills and you need to do other things. And like, you know, you need your car to get to work. Like we can't live perfectly green lifestyles, like in the current world that we live in, it's not realistic, but at the same time, like, you know, do what you can. Um, but yeah, no, I think that's an important thing to bring up because it's like often the people, like she said, love them to death. Like, it's like, that's literally such an like such an issue you know of people being like I love them so much that like I need to be you know so close to them saying yeah just kind of love them until they physically until they can't anymore yeah and then Alexander Morton has the famous quote that's um the southern residents be the first population where that if they go extinct every individual had a name and for the most part we know a lot of their like stories and then she even says the on page five, I hope I do not have to watch them die out. Um, just in general, about killer whales in general, um, which <laughs> that's always just sad to read because like it's still a problem, and yep. it's not like it's just just reading those things out loud. It's like, ugh, like I hope we don't either, and I hope we do more and more every day to the best of our ability to prevent them from dying out in the little ways and the big ways. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, it's like, it's crunch time. I've been thinking a lot about impact recently and there's going to be like some themes with that on like the past episode that came out before this and episodes coming up about people trying to focus their efforts on actual impact. And like, I feel like we need, like, we have so many people dedicated to the Southern residents and that are like, you know, interested in wanting to help. I think we just need to like properly organize and like figure out how to execute because, you know, there are things that can be done and like, you know, the episode with Alex, that's not out right now, but will be out by the time that this episode is posted, like 
he was able to literally help lead a movement to get Biden to sign like an executive order to stop drilling in the Arctic. Like not him personally, but the movement, like there was a ton of people, obviously I feel like he'd be annoyed if I was like, it was just Alex. Cause he's always like, it's a lot of people, but like, you know, that is just an example of how proper execution of like resources and energy can get something done. And we need to get something done today. Let's go. You know? Yeah. Well, one thing too, if people want to like, like what Liam was saying, it's not just, we think of, oh, we're not whaling anymore. Yay. The whales are safe, but there's a book called we are all whalers. And it's about specifically about the right whale, the Atlantic right whale. And a lot of reasons why they're going extinct and they're so critically endangered and it's kind of pointing out the reasons why yeah hey we're not whaling like we are not in north america but there are other things that we do that are killing whales so we are all whalers and it's things that we have impact with it's things that are being shipped it's fishing with like getting tangled in gear ship strikes um oil leaks things like that that have led to the demise of certain populations where we're benefiting that it's an, I, I just, I really like the title. It kind of gets you to, we are all whalers because yeah. we just think of demonizing the people that literally directly harpoon whales. Or we think of our history of like, well, we used to kill them and capture them. We're much better now. It's like, yeah, yeah sure. We're not gruesomely like going out and targeting yeah. them, but we still have a significant impact and are far from innocent on our footprint on the world, which not to stress anyone out, there's not much we can do capitalism, but just to throw that out there that there's still things that we can do. Absolutely. To make No, I, I totally feel you on that. And like, I feel sometimes like I'm super pessimistic, like on this podcast, especially in the last like couple of months about, you know, like I feel just like kind of jaded by this like indirect exploitation that we talk about and like just the way that our planet overall is like treated and it's frustrating to have to waste so much energy on trying to like convince people who are supposed to care about animals to like not participate as much in the indirect like exploitation like we all need to do better we all have an impact like every single one of us, you, the three of us sitting here, like we all have an impact. It's just like, and like you said, like there's the capitalistic aspect of like, we can't solve everything. Like we can't just make everything electric and like, you know, overnight, it's just not going to happen. But like, you know, we have to, to appropriately vote in ways that, you know, are going to be a little bit more green. We have to have these conversations because if you don't have the conversation, then you're just, then nothing's ever going to get done. So even it can feel sometimes like these conversations are unproductive and you're getting nowhere, but you know what, planting a seed, just because if you don't see it happen right in front of you, doesn't mean it's not going to grow. So it's like, we got to keep planting the seed and keep having the conversations and keep pushing for things and then figure out better ways to execute. And, you know, fortunately there's a lot of young budding leaders out there that are figuring out ways to have true impact. And like, we need to, to follow their suit. I think Alex is one of those people of just like, okay, you have figured out kind of, you know, the key to solving certain problems. Let's keep executing, you know? So, yes, I agree. And yes, I second. You second. I second that second Liam do you have any thoughts uh not really I I do I yeah that's kind of I agree I certainly agree with all that yeah Yeah. they're pretty 
We got we got a lot from the two little chapters. They did get a lot from the two little chapters. It was a quick they, read. Yeah, like I said, they cram they the she uh put a, uh she put a lot in just those first two chapters. She did. It was really, it was really good. It's still a nice introduction. Yeah. And, and and she did actually do a good job of like like explain uh, um she put a lot of info there, but it was still like legible. It didn't ramble. It was pretty coherent. Yeah. Um, yeah, definitely. I think so. And I like her writing, um, her writing style and everything as well. Um, so it was great. I look forward to reading the rest of it. I know Kendra's got things to do. And um peaches is she got a really exciting birthday gift peaches just turned seven like two years ago happy birthday um, peaches oh yeah she got a little chuck it and like um she's been over there pawing at it like this entire zoom call and i'm like stop stop <laughs> like i look over at her and i'm like please stop because i can tell that she like wants to like like do a little crying noise at me i'm like please not the time um but it's funny i took her to the park today and I was throwing it and like one of her balls got stuck underneath the bleachers and mm-hmm. she had a complete panic, total, oh. like, she's like crying. Luckily I had more tennis balls in my pocket. Okay. So I gave her another one. And then, um, like we kept trying to leave the park and she, I could tell she was exhausted, but she didn't want to leave. Um, she wanted to keep playing with it. And so our compromise was like that she would carry her ball home and she carried her ball home for half a mile. It was pretty cute. Oh. It sounds like uh, never I lose anything. I think she was also traumatized because she was like, "Where did my ball go?" Um, <laughs> new ball. That's no, a more, that's a really sad feeling when you get like something brand new as a birthday gift and then you lose it. Yeah, yeah. Nalu, Nalu just turned three, and then we just got a new kitten like a month ago. Amazing. Can we see the new kitten, it, or does it not want to be like? Well, let me. Go, I'll go get her. Yeah, go get the kitten. Yeah, no, I feel you, Liam. She was like, "Oh my god, I'm probably gonna have to go buy like." A bunch of little tennis balls just yeah, to- yeah. yeah. you so- have to get a whole bunch of tennis balls and other chuck it balls because you will lose those you will lose them in other people's property you're gonna lose them it's gonna fall down a storm drain at some oh, point you need, you need to keep a yes. bunch of oh my god yeah oh look at her look at those little mittens what's her name this is Nori. Oh my God! Nori, you gotta show off, and then I'll take you back to go. She was making biscuits. Oh, that's good. She's a hard worker. I can tell. There she is. She's so cute. She's so cute. My friend has been sending me pictures of her ugly cat. It's like the ugliest cat I've ever seen. Its name is Catsby. It's so nice. Look at a cute cat. Oh yeah. I don't know. It's not super ugly, but there is something off about it. <laughs> This is mostly a joke. Her, I know her cat's not like that ugly, but it definitely there's something off. But it's just like I just gotta roast her, you know. It's true friendship right there. Peaches is like, please throw the ball. I know, I know, it's serious. Yeah, they you, they have all chuckets have a magic touch to dogs that just hypnotizes them. No matter what mood they're in, if you if they if you tell them that you're gonna take take them out to do chuck it. They will immediately come to you. Yeah. Like no. you can call them for hours and then they won't come. But then you say, Chuck it. You want to go play Chuck it. And then they will bolt at you and demand that you open the door. Literally. Yeah. That's her right now. She's like pushing it around on the floor. I think I need to hide it so that this doesn't happen. 
yeah. like just have like a special place and like pull it out only when we're gonna use it um yes yeah. she's being very manipulative right now but um thank you everybody for joining us definitely um join along and read this book with us if you would like um so yeah we're gonna put these out every other week so tune in on mondays for this and have a good week everybody bye 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 bye, bye. bye.